I'm wondering what Christian Savior looks like. Christian Messiah uh, looks like. I think Isaiah portrayed Christian Messiah very clearly. Let us look at the slide. He carried our diseases. He was wounded. He was crushed. Upon him was the punishment. That's what Christian Messiah looks like. And that is the Messiah that we believe in. And that is the core of our beliefs. It, is, it may be a gloomy picture. That is what our Savior looks like. But there is a profound truth here. Our Savior suffered for our suffering. That's what our Savior looks like. Our Savior suffered for our suffering. Isaiah said, next slide please, he was wounded for our sins. He was crushed for our evil doing. That's what our Savior did. This week I meditate on the Savior who suffered for others' suffering. That is so beautiful. Anybody suffering for others' suffering? That is the most beautiful thing that you can see. We see that in our parents. In our real example, the parents truly suffered for the suffering of their children. Yesterday we had a YF gathering, about 10 kids, or I don't know how many. <laughs> and we had a great time. We were sharing together about parenting and all that stuff. And at the end, uh, this, is, uh, this was what I said, uh, said. There are a lot of things that you can do for your children, but i like you to do just to do one thing. Suffer with them when they're suffering. Just simple. Suffer with them when they're suffering. Our parents did that. They suffered when we suffered. They cried when we cried. They knew that we could not say everything that we went through, but they just they didn't even ask questions. They just felt it in their body. So that is what the concrete example that we see uh, about human beings suffering for other suffering. But you may say that, oh, they are not really others. The, the, you know, children are their extensions. So. But still, what parents did was admirable. And I'm always, I'll be always forever thankful for what they did for us. 
But we also see other examples uh, in history and in the world. People like Martin Luther King Jr., Gandhi, and also Mother Teresa. They suffered for other suffering. You know, suffering for other suffering, that is the highest value. And the noblest ideal and the most admirable action a human being can emulate. That is what we Christians believe at the core of our belief. God saw the suffering of human beings because of their sins and he sent Jesus Christ and Jesus suffered to heal us from our suffering. That's what we believe at the core. What is more amazing about what Jesus did is that Jesus did not suffer for the noble people, worthy people, and great people who are worthy enough for others to suffer for. This was what St. Paul said. For while we are still weak at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. Christ died for the ungodly. Not for the respectable people. Not for holy people. Not for godly people. But Christ died for the ungodly. Sometimes we say, why should I suffer for people like that? They're not worth it. They don't deserve my sacrifice. They don't deserve my suffering. Why should I suffer for people like that? We say that. But Jesus died for the ungodly. Regardless of who they are, doesn't matter. They can be worthless people. They can even be people who give you a hard time. And regardless of who they are, Jesus simply suffered for the people who are suffering. Doesn't matter what cause. Doesn't matter for what reason they suffer. It may be their own sins. It may be their own uh, the, the, the reasons. But doesn't matter who they are. Just for the people suffering, Jesus suffered. You know, it's like a tree that gives shade to the tree cutter in the summer who comes up. He's about to cut that down, that, uh, cut that down the tree. And it, he just wants to rest before he does that, and the tree still provides shades. It's like that. Suffering, sacrificing for the ungodly. There's a kind of uh, humorous joke here. Uh, uh, the four people were in the, in the airplane, uh, great scientist, philosopher, and one of our St. Timothy member and drug addict. 
hippie. So four of them. And then engine broke down. And then the plane was going down. And there were only three parachutes. And a great, a great scientist said, you know, I am about to discover something wonderful. So I have to uh, live. So he went down with parachute. The second one, philosopher, I found most profound truth, and I have to tell people uh, this. So he took the parachute and he went down. And then one of the same Timothy members, and I looked at hippie and a drug addict. Oh, but Reverend Kim said, suffer for the ungodly. So, okay, you take the parachute, and God bless you. And the hippie said, it's all right. It's all right. You know, the first guy, the scientist, uh, he was in a hurry. He took my knapsack. <laughs> How can we suffer for those who give us hard time? And why should I suffer for them? You know, sometimes... And I realized this. The people who gave me a hard time, I realized that they were suffering from their own pain, I realized. I didn't know that before. Why? And then I couldn't understand, what did I do to you? Why do you, so, why do you make me suffer? And I realized that they are suffering from their own pain. When I saw that, and I was able to embrace their suffering. That's what Jesus said on the cross. Jesus said, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. In other words, they do not even know what they are suffering from. They don't even, they are not even in touch with their own pain. And they are putting their suffering onto me. Forgive them. I think that's what Jesus is saying, implying. Jesus simply say, Lord, they don't know what they are doing. Forgive them. But I think that's what Jesus is saying. They were not even aware of their own pain and suffering, and they imposed their suffering onto Jesus. Suffering for other suffering. That's a healing. That's healing. When that happens, healing happens. Healing is not powerful people correct the powerless, weak people. Healing is when powerful people empty everything they have and suffer with the powerless people. That's when healing. Isaiah said this. By his bruises, we are healed. By Jesus' suffering, we are healed. I realized that ah, there's a powerful healing in the suffering for others' suffering. People don't like suffering. People run away from suffering. People reject to be suffered. 
We are scared of suffering. But you know what? When you're scared of suffering and you're running away from suffering, you become victims of suffering. And you become enslaved to your own suffering. Only way to deal with our suffering is to go through the suffering. Not to go away, not to go sideways, but through it. Only through the suffering, we can overcome our own suffering. And especially when you are able to suffer other suffering, you will see the amazing power of healing in that suffering. That's why suffering for others' suffering is so beautiful. But I don't see that. I don't see that around me. We repulse suffering. Whenever suffering comes, don't come. We are not able to do that. We are not able to embrace any kind of suffering, whether it is my own suffering or other suffering. We just reject it from our body. Healing can never happen. My friends, when you see or when you hear other people's suffering, don't even try to console them or give them advice. Simply suffer with them. That is the best thing you can do for them. Be there, feeling the pain they go through. Don't try to correct them or even boost them up. Sometimes people are suffering, they are very unreasonable. They, may, they don't make sense. They say things that don't make sense. They do things that don't make sense. They're very unreasonable. Don't try to put reason into them. You don't need to teach them. Just simply suffer with them. If you can, try to feel every pain that person feels. That's so hard. That's why healing doesn't happen. That's so hard. That's the greatness of a person who is able to embrace that pain of others. We say, no, 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 no. That's your problem. That's your suffering. But Jesus, when Lazarus died, he wept. At the last moment of his suffering, what he simply wanted was his friends, his disciples, to be with him. Luke says his sweat turned into blood. His suffering was so severe that Luke described it in that way. And what Jesus simply wanted was be with me in this time of suffering. But disciples could not do that. I put scripture there. This is what Jesus said. I am deeply grieved 
even to death. Remain here and stay awake with me. Just stay with me. Just be with me. And a few verses later, so could you not stay awake with me just one hour? Staying with people suffering is difficult. They could not do that. They could not do that for their master, for their friend. We see lots of suffering in this world. Just every day we are bombarded with people with suffering. Just last week, two instances. One person, different cities goes there and then kills three, four people and then kill himself and all that. And there was a trial going on about this drunken driver uh, who killed the whole family. The three beautiful children. And their father hearing the news on the way to uh, the hospital, he even tried to jump out of the car to kill himself. He had that desire. So much suffering. So much pain. So much violence around us. And suffering increases. With human advancement and technological breakthrough, was human suffering reduced? No. The human suffering was escalated. We are gathered here this afternoon as believers, as disciples of Jesus Christ. As you see people suffering around you, I hope that we may all learn to suffer with them. Jesus called us to do what? Simple. Jesus called us to suffer with those who suffer. That's what Jesus did. I don't have any ambition. I don't have any great whatever. Just suffer with those who suffer. That's the best thing you can do. All the disciples of Jesus Christ, they didn't do any amazing things in life. They simply suffered with those who suffered. All of them were martyred. Let us not run away from suffering by finger pointing at those who suffer. By doing that, you're killing the spirit of that person. Don't finger point at them. There's a way of avoiding suffering, running away from suffering. When the woman was caught in adultery, everybody finger pointed at her. And then Jesus said, First person who has no sin casts the first stone. They realize their own suffering, their own pain. Do not finger point at those who suffer. 
In Buddhism, uh, they have uh, this uh, thing about arrow. When arrow hits your body, it hurts. But when arrow, second arrow hits the same spot, you don't get hurt just twice as much, but more than 10 times. Sometimes when we go through suffering, also we blame ourselves, and that is our second arrow. And also others blame you, then it's a third arrow. Then it's not just 10 times, 20, 30, 100 times. It hurts. But as you are able to embrace the suffering of others, the suffering, pain can be healed. In the Bible study, uh, I have a Bible study in between two services. Uh, first, uh, KSM service and English service. Uh, there's a Bible study and one person asked me this question. Reverend, what's uh, When you suffer for others, who gets healed? <laughs> the person or you? So I said, both. You're just entering into the energy and power of healing. So both of you are healed. It is a power. It's a powerful truth. Great Christians, great Christians are those who suffer with those who suffer. That's what it looks like. That's what great Christians look like. I don't know anything else. When I see great Christians, they are the ones who suffer with those who suffer. Let us sing together. Oh, before we sing together, just last thing. I wonder whether, whether that is what love is, right? Suffer with those who suffer. When you uh, know the another word for love is compassion, right? Compassion, you know, the word compassion comes from come and passion. Come is together. Passion is suffering. So you suffer together. You suffer with that compassion, I believe that that's what love is. Suffer with those who suffer. Jesus told us to love your neighbor. Let us sing together.